As parents, we want our kids to be safe and healthy. And that probably includes the talk about staying away from drugs. But as we know, this is a growing epidemic in our country. And that's what we'll be talking about today ways we can address this issue. Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. I'm so happy to welcome Angela Conover, Director of Opioid Prevention for the Partnership for Drug-Free New Jersey. Thank you so much for joining us, Angela. This is such an important topic and I'm so glad you're with me today. Thanks, Robin, and thanks for having me. Um, so happy to, um, you know, be talking about just exactly what you said in your opening. You know what? Empowering parents to have these conversations to help protect and safeguard their families. Absolutely. And, you know, we we know we want to talk to our kids about staying away from drugs, but there's so much more to it now with fentanyl and with, you know, prescribed drugs that we always thought were safe in the past and can be if used correctly. But there is a big problem with that. And what's, once kids, you know, maybe take some uh, painkillers for maybe surgery or some sort of problem, they can get addicted quickly. So let's start there. Let's start with, you know, where the problem stem from, stems from and, and how it's changed over the years. Absolutely. So, you know, we are in an opioid crisis, really an opioid epidemic. Here in New Jersey, we're losing over 3,000 New Jerseyans a year, which is just an unacceptable rate. And you know what? Here in New Jersey, we're holding steady. The rest of the country, our neighboring states and Pennsylvania and New York, they're seeing increases each year. So, you know what? It is a problem that does not discriminate amongst our uh our communities, our counties, our families, no one, no one is immune from this. So everyone needs to be aware. Everyone needs to be aware that they could be touched. And I'm sure in your audience, everyone knows someone who has been somehow impacted by this opioid crisis because just as you said in your opening, you know what, who hasn't had an injury or has had their child had uh, their wisdom teeth taken out or had surgery and received pain medicine, right? And those pain pills are so addictive. They're so, um, you know, can lead to lead to addiction. And people don't know that, right? People are yes. giving them to their children yes. and they aren't aware. And so, so important, as you said, to empower parents with that information, right? To know, to talk to their doctor, to ask for alternatives, to say, hey, you know what? Um, uh, I was watching Robin's podcast and I heard that um, you know, prescribed opioids are the same as heroin. They're the same uh, drug. Uh, is there an alternative for my child that I can give them? I don't want to see my child suffer, but you know what? Maybe ice or acetaminophen, uh, ibuprofen can work. Um, are there other alternatives, nerve blockers? What can I, what can I do? But having sure. those conversations with the doctor would be the number one way that, you know what, we can start looking at looking at the way that these medicines are coming into our home, these pills and the potential they have for dependency and addiction. Absolutely. And, and looking at maybe what's in our medicine cabinet as well. But this started Absolutely. really back in the 90s about, I would say, when opioids were prescribed, you know, just just no one really realized how addictive they were. People would get 30, 60 at a time. And what would happen was when you couldn't get a renewal of a prescription, people started turning to heroin. And that's okay. where it really got dangerous. But now we even have another problem layered on top of that. And that's 
fentanyl. And yeah. that can be deadly. Just a, I think it's what, a, a, like a few grains of, what's the amount exactly, of a few like grains a few of grains sand. Exactly, like a few grains of salt. Yes, of salt. exactly. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, talk a little bit about that and and what's going on with the, with the fentanyl. Absolutely. Epidemic. And fentanyl is a very, very strong opioid that's really being mixed into uh, illicit drugs that are found on the street. So similar to the way um, that you described, look, someone gets dependent and addicted on something perhaps that, you know, they were prescribed, whether they had a broken arm or uh, your child had wisdom teeth extraction or, you know, uh, some surgery and they become dependent, they become addicted. And now they're buying drugs on the street because they, you know, aren't getting them any longer. There's no more need for them with their doctor. And maybe they don't even realize that they're dependent and addicted, but they know that, you know, as they can't kind of come off these drugs. So when they're buying them on the street, we know that the street drugs are being cut with fentanyl and they don't know, right? You may be getting um, a fentanyl pill that is hundred percent fentanyl. And that is, you know, so deadly and so lethal. And that's why we're seeing, that's why we're seeing the death skyrocket right now because oh, fentanyl is everywhere and it is it's just so tragic. And so we see tragic. parents on television or I've even known some people, some friends of mine who have lost children. And it is just yeah. the most tragic and preventable death. It just, it just breaks your heart to see it. And that's why I wanted to do this because I think we need to educate ourselves. We need Absolutely. to be smart about it. Just taking that step. And if, if our child gets prescribed painkillers, what are some alternatives? Does it yeah, have to be yeah. that way? I mean, we want to trust our medical community, of course, but we should question everything. These are our yeah. children and we need to make sure that we're taking care of them. And I have to say in defense of the medical community, many Many doctors that I've spoken with are not prescribing opioids unless absolutely no, necessary. absolutely. They are changing what they're doing. Significant change. I mean, you mentioned the 90s and absolutely. I mean, that's why we are seeing the settlement funds coming into our state and across the country from the pharmaceutical industry, because they did keep that knowledge away from us. And they did train um, our generations of medical professionals to say, hey, you know what? Opioids are safe. Opioids aren't, uh, you can't become addicted to an opioid if you actually have pain. These are not true statements. And I can't tell you how many parents, how many parents I work with, you mentioned parents, how many parents I talked to who say, I had no idea that the medicine that I filled for my child, that I filled for them for their injury and said, take this, the doctor said to take this, ultimately led to their addiction and their death. And so to just save one um, parent, uh, one family, save one child, um, you know, that, that is the goal of just having these conversations, having the conversations, like you said, with your doctors, look, if you have that conversation with your doctor and they can say, Hey, you know what, we're going to prescribe your child, um, these opioids for their pain. You have the decision. Do, do I want to give my child ice and perhaps, um, you know, ibuprofen and acetaminophen and, and they're a little bit uncomfortable for a few days, or do you want to consider, you know, having this potentially, um, you know, addictive, dangerous drug come into your child's body, come into your home, you know, then once Absolutely. you have it, in your home, it can be diverted by, by anyone. I mean, that is, that is where we need to be having That's these decisions. The and we're really, 
It's a choice. And we're lucky here in New Jersey that um, back in 2017, um, our legislature passed a law that requires at the time an opioid is prescribed, that the doctor or dentist inform the patient or the parent of the patient um, about the potential for dependency and addiction. So we are lucky, but we need to continue to have these conversations. We need to ask additional questions, right? And then if we decide to take that opioid and take it into our home, right? We need to secure it. We need to make sure it's out of reach. Um, you know, it's locked away in a cabinet. We need to know if we're giving that to our child to look for the signs and symptoms of dependency and addiction. So right away, you can get help for, you know, your child and get them off that to call the doctor, say, look, it looks like, you know, we're stopping this and my, you know, we're having some issues. Um, looks like my child may be dependent because I'm noticing that they're itching or they're nodding off or, you know, their eyes look, Mood look changes. Um, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. We Mood know. changes. Mm -hmm. um, yes. They have new friends, um, you know, have those conversations, know about the signs and symptoms. And then, you know, you talked earlier about securing the medicine and making sure if you have it right in your home, uh -huh. you know what? Everyone needs to be going through their medicine cabinet, right? Mm -hmm. Taking inventory of what you have. How many do you have? You know what? Your neighbor kids, your neighbors, your kids, your the neighbors, your, your own children. They go under your bathroom. They use those, the bathroom. The door right. shut. You don't know what's no, going on. You don't on have there. any idea. Yes. So secure yes. those. Take inventory of what you have in your home. Mm -hmm. Secure those medicines. Safely dispose of anything unused, mm -hmm. unwanted, expired. Safely dispose. There are disposal locations yes, across yes. our state, mm -hmm. across in all, most in New Jersey, in most communities, and uh, through Project Medicine Drop in um, through the Attorney General's office in each police department, and you know what, across the country as well, there yes, are yes. Um, drug take back days by the DEA. The DEA holds them twice a year, so there are plenty of opportunities to safely dispose of those medicines in your home. And you know what, have those conversations with your children right? About only taking medicine that is prescribed to them. About the risks of opioids. They need to know about medicine safety. And you know what? You can start that conversation, you know, when they're five, six years old, right? When you're giving a vitamin um, to your child, they may love how it tastes or it might be in a character form or something. And you know what? They may say, can I have another one? And that's a good time to have that conversation, right? No, we need to only take what is for us, what is prescribed for us, what is appropriate for us, what the directions say, right? And continue to have those conversations really starting at a young age about healthy decisions. Um, I love know, that. I love that, that piece love of that. advice because you can really... Uh, you know, set the tone. Basically, you don't yes. have to wait to, till they're older to go Absolutely. through all the horrors of drug use. You can just talk about, you know, what's appropriate and what's right for their age. And I do want to mention, you know, opioids in themselves, heroin in and of themselves are terrible. But with the fentanyl now, you had said something to me a while ago, and I wanted I want to circle back to that because it's like when you bake chocolate chip cookies. Can you explain yes. that analogy and how? Sure deadly this can be. Absolutely. Sorry. Um, stealing this from a uh, law enforcement partner who explained it to me like this. So you make chocolate chip cookies and when you're home making them, you know, uh, one cookie may have 25 chocolate chips in it and the other cookie only has three. And you're like, it's, every, you know, you mixed everything together, but you made those cookies and they're, and they're you know, very separate uh, amount of chocolate chip cookies, uh, chocolate chips rather. It's the same thing 
for our for the people who are making the pills on the street, right? They're making these pills, they're mixing everything together, including the fentanyl. And the one pill may have 99% fentanyl and the other has 2% fentanyl. And you don't know what you're going to get and you don't know how lethal that pill is. So, you know, when what you're- What is the reason? Is fentanyl this- more addictive? Is it cheaper? Or they're cutting it it's with extremely, the it's much, It's much stronger. It's the strongest form of, um, and you know, one of the strongest forms of an opioid that you're going to be able, uh, you know, you'll get. Um, and it's cheap, right? It's very cheap. So it, you know, you're getting that kind of same high, um, you know, that you're sell if you're selling, you're getting that same high in those pills, um, than if you, you know, had. It's even cheaper than heroin. Um, oh my god, it's just, know, so. it's just sickening. So let me just ask you this question too. We talk about kids, you know, when they maybe get injured or they get their wisdom teeth, but there are also kids that are self-medicating because of maybe mental health issues, depression. We've just seen, especially since the pandemic, I think we've really seen, it shined a light on some of the issues that many of these kids are going through. I don't know. I don't want to blame social media, but I know some of it is attached to social media and feeling less than Mm. or being bullies. There there are a lot of issues with that as well. Absolutely. The Surgeon General just issued a report on the dangers of screen time and the risks of screen time. And, you know, it goes back to exactly what you said about the stress. I mean, really, right now, coming off the pandemic, 100% mental health, of our kids think about all the different ways they've been impacted, whether it be in school or with their friendships or, you know, all different ways that that's impacted them. But you know what? Kids need to know that they can come to their families. And we talked about conversations before, right? We talked about conversations about healthy decisions, any conversation, your child needs to know that they can come to you for any stress that they're feeling, that they're coming to a no judgment zone, right? That you're unconditionally going to love them and that they should come to you to help with their with their stress and how to deal with healthy solutions to that. And parents also need to tell their kids, you know what, this is what's acceptable in our family and this is what's not acceptable in our family so that the kids, you know, have those understandings and those boundaries, but that they can come to you and find those healthy ways of dealing with their stress. It's so, so important that parents and children communicate together. And we know that children who have dinners together, for example, with their families um, five times a week are you know, significantly less likely to try um, drugs and alcohol. So, you know, we know that from research. I know they get better grades. They just just do better because there's there's family connection. And we have, we've lost that really over the years. I mean, we're so busy running, running work and then taking the kids to practice or whatever it is, dance class. And sadly, we've kind of lost that. You know, we all have, I'm not saying I'm, I'm so any no, better no, than but you know else, what? But just what you said. Find those times to communicate, right? Right. You know, on the even way to if practice, it's not five days a week. Exactly. Right. On the way yeah. to practice. Hey, yeah. you know, how is it going? How are you doing? Or just talking about anything, just so you have that open communication that your children will, you know, come to talk to you. But yes, you know, uh, we know through research that children say the number one reason that they experiment with drugs and alcohol is to deal with the stress in their lives. So I implore all parents to really have those have conversations with your children so they know 
if they're having any issue, if they're worried about anything, if they have any stress, they're dealing with any crisis as, you know, as we come out of this pandemic. Absolutely. It's still affecting us. I I mean, it may be a little bit more in the rear view now, but it's still affecting us. And I think it affected the way everyone communicates, all of us, even adults. Everything. Yes. Look, we're on we're on a, a Zoom right now, or just exactly. you know, just uh, text messaging and and not real one to one in person communications. I mean, you see sure. that with I see my kids, twenty two and nineteen, that always have their phone. I only see yeah. the top of their heads, <laughs> and they're, yeah. well, I don't know what they're doing, but they're always, always, always online. And it's just it's almost like that is an addiction of itself. And I think that yeah. can really lead to some other problems as well. Absolutely. Because you're seeing a, a, a almost, you know, everyone's uh, best parts of everyone's life. Right. And then you're comparing it to your real life. Um, but no yes, one looks that good. No, exactly. <laughs> it's the best picture but you know ever, what? you know, <laughs> it's so, it's so important. And really, um, this, like I said, if the Surgeon General is coming out and saying, hey, you know what, you need to look at screen time. We have a, at the Partnership for a Drug for New Jersey, we have a campaign that's being released this year that says the same thing. You know what, be aware of that screen time. And you know what, you be the face, you have those conversations with your children because ultimately communication, whether um, it's with your child um, or with your doctor is really the key the key Absolutely. here. We have to be aware as parents. I mean, it, it seems so much harder today. There's just so many more things to think about, but it is where we are. And um, we have tried as parents. I mean, my kids are older now, but we still, when we have dinner together, no screens, no TV, no yeah. phone. My son will try to sneak it under the table. I'm like, you're not, you know, you're not saving anyone's life. You're not an emergency room doctor. You don't, yes. you don't need your phone. It'll be there. And we yes. actually have conversations and talk. And yes. someone said to me, when you talk to your kids or when they talk to you, remember what color their eyes are. Be looking in their eyes. So often we're making dinner or we're looking or we're not really quite paying attention. But I, I thought that was a great tip remember what color their eyes are and look at them and really hear what they're saying because that can make the difference right there where they just feel like they're listened to and not judged which is so important yes Yes. yeah um yeah very important and you know what the same thing for parents right just what you said um i know you know we're always looking at our phones too as adults it's not just kids (laughs) i know we're all guilty we're all guilty i recently had my um eyes dilated from an eye doctor appointment and i came out and i'm holding the phone trying to read it and i'm this is ridiculous i can't see and (laughs) i'm still you still want to look at it exactly so you know as you said like the the center of our our universe kind of our center of our communication post pandemic is such in a, di- a different way we really need to find the new healthy ways for all of us to absolutely one thing that we families. try to do is go on family walks we work out together too we have a gym in our home and we work out okay. all my two kids my husband and myself but we also just you know take a family walk anyone can do that ride bicycles just something to get out and be healthy and just you know be together as a family it's just yeah. and you set the tone for for the kids is you know get outdoors do something active and and be together and that to me i feel like we if we stress that a little bit more that can really go a long way to, yeah. to bonding ourselves with our kids. I mean, everybody Absolutely. wants that. I'm not, you know, we're just, we just get busy. It's just life gets in the way. Absolutely. It's unfortunate but, but that what, it gets that way. But what you said is so it can be, it's age appropriate for your four-year-old and your three-year-old, you know what, let's 
take a walk instead of sitting in front of the TV. Let's have an apple instead of having some chips. You know, these are the healthy decisions that then when it comes time to what are we putting in our body? What are we doing to our body? When we have those conversations as kids get older, you know, as they get into fifth grade and we, you know, by fifth grade, we should be having the conversation about, you know, appropriate use of alcohol and tobacco and marijuana you know, these are conversations that we need vaping. to have by Another the time one. children vaping. Are, yeah, to, and vaping 100% and oh. vaping and what the family, you know, expectation and what the family rule is, as well as what impact it has on your body. And if you've been having those conversations, those age appropriate conversations since, a, you know, a young age, um, you know, it'll be easier to have and your children will be more, you know, in line, in step with what your hopes and expectations are. And at the partnership, we begin our programming at the third grade level, right? We provide information. And that is exactly what I just spoke about, age-appropriate, healthy decisions, you know, understanding that what you put into your body, you know, can have a negative, you know, impact if you're not taking care of it. So that- I uh, love that. Tell us about some of your programs and what you do, because it's just, it's vast. You have a lot. Yes. So we, so in the schools, we have programs from third grade all the way up until high school. Um, and we have, uh, like I and said, someone in comes grade, in and speaks or are they, are the teachers teaching supplemental programs for uh-huh. schools. So, um, sometimes take home, you know, projects and things. So in the third grade, for example, through the support of PSE and G, we were able to provide activity books for, um, third grade students. And again, they say, you know, talk about, um, you know, healthy life. So they're mm-hmm. about making decisions for a healthy life. You know, we have uh, initiatives in fourth grade In fifth grade, we really target parents and say, Hey, here's a list of, um, some of the m- most, uh, significant drug trends happening right now in New Jersey. And these are the conversations. And here's some tips on having those conversations. And we work with Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey on that to really get that information out to parents to be able to say, you know what, um, this is a way to have a, if you haven't had a conversation, have it now. And here's a guide to have that conversation. I like that. Cause sometimes it can be hard. It can be hard for a parent. How do I hard. approach this? What do I say? Absolutely. So that you give tips on that. Yes. And again, you know, anytime you have a minute to have that conversation on the way to school, on the way home from school, on the way to practice. Um, oh, yeah. We, when they're strapped into the car. <laughs> yes, exactly. And they can't, they go can't run away. I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we look at middle school where we ask middle school students to create scripts for television spots themselves that we record with them. Um, because we want that peer-to-peer messaging to start. And that goes into high school as well, where we have a music competition and we have a uh, a concert at the end that features all of the students from across the state who have music and messages, peer-to-peer messages about, you know, staying away from um, from drugs and understanding the, the risks of drugs and alcohol. We have programs in the community. We do an online learning series. We've been working with the New Jersey Office of the Attorney General and the National Organization, the Opiate Education Foundation of America. So every month we have a webinar and we talk about one of the issues uh, or aspects of this opioid crisis. So, um, you know, we're out there with webinars. We do a lot of parent education. We go out to, um, you know, we're starting to go back out now post-pandemic to PTAs, meetings, Uh and lunch and learns for businesses and talking to parents, similar to the way that you and I had this discussion today about, hey, you know what, here's what's going on. 
here's what you need to know here are the signs and symptoms here's ways to protect and safeguard your home and your children and so we talk to them we also have a pre-recorded uh version of that so someone you know if they can't come out which we understand obviously you know they can watch it in their home um so we have that parent education and then we also work in the um in the workplace um you know providing providing messaging and uh, right now we're also doing a program where we're talking to student youth athletes in high schools across the state. And we're talking to them about what we talked about earlier about, you know what, you may have a sports injury and you may be getting an opioid and you need to know what that means and what impact that can have on you. You need to know about alternatives. You need to know that if you need help, you can ask for help, whether you become, you know, dependent on that or whether you're stressed out because you haven't been playing because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and now you're back and now you're worried because your rankings aren't the same. And, you know, there's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on our youth athletes. A lot. Yes. And, I, you know, so and sadly, I, you've seen that, that, you know, story. I've seen it at least on television. Yeah. You know, the star athlete of the team gets hurt. Exactly. And next thing you know, they're drug addicted, and yes. and then the parent gets that call. And exactly. it's like, what? My kid who was yes. a, a student and a top athlete. How did this happen to my child? You don't think yes. it's going to happen to your own kid? And 100%. believe me, I, I I've been doing this long enough to think you know it can happen to anyone. It I have interviewed so can. many people, and I've seen it, you know. And I just that's why I really wanted to do this and get this message out there. I just we we just have to stay on top of it as parents. The 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 life we save may be our own child's, and that's why it is so so vital for us to learn and educate. And you offer so much through the partnership. Partnership for Drug-Free New Jersey. So where can we go to get more, to get on newsletters and sign up for um, Absolutely. your Absolutely. Yeah, forward. just um, visit our website, drugfreenj.org. And when you uh, land on there, there's links to everything that I t- talked about today. You can sign up to get uh, updates on our, our uh, youth-based programs. Um, you can sign up for updates on our, or sign up for a webinar to get updates on our webinars. So um, absolutely for parent education, just visit drugfreenj.org. And, and like you said, it's important for all of us to realize that that addiction doesn't discriminate. We're all equally uh, vulnerable to it. And absolutely, you know, kids and adults. It's a message for everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so important. Just thank you very, very much for sharing this information with us. I hope it's touched at least one person out there if it changes what they do and maybe learned a little bit more than we've done our job today. So thank you so much, Angela Conover. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Robin. And thanks for helping to save lives across our state. Oh, it is my true pleasure. Angela Conover, Director of Opioid Prevention for the Partnership for Drug-Free New Jersey. And thank you for being with me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Be sure to like and subscribe, and I will keep you posted on my most recent episode. Until I see you next time, keep living well.